around me. All right. Uh, me, are we live? Operator. Okay, we have the funky professor. Um, I, I, how, how, how did they describe <laughs> professor? Doctor. Hey, hey, I beg. <coughs> I beg. <laughs> <laughs> Before someone... Yeah, a okay. teacher. Thank you very Teach, much. Teacher Before someone comes and points out that the PhD, I know, I know, get some. I understand. I know, catch the. Please, yes. listeners, bear with me. I'm a Ghanaian. Even somebody who works, I mean, I'm a proper Ghanaian. Somebody who works Lotto <laughs> has a doctor tag. He's a Lotto doctor. Mm. Mm, so okay. I beg you guys. So, Mr. Graham. Yes, yeah, sir. Um, what's up with you at the? What are you doing at the Confab? Um, the confab is something that ever since I, I learned about it, I've started coming to. So I've been to three at this point, but this year they asked me to host a panel discussion on kind of the relationship between creative arts and intellectual property. So I was up on stage this um, time. We missed a chance to listen to you. Okay. So um, we were here recording. Okay. Other yeah, yeah, so yeah. I mean, if you can break it down to the, the people who will listen to this and okay. then, you know, don't get, if you can just break it up for us. Okay. So the, the, the panel was, um, was it Nikwade? I think he's, a, yeah, Nikwade, um, the photographer myself. And then Abraham Ajete, who's the chief officer of the Gambo. Ghana Music Rights Organization. And I think to sum everything up, basically it's very clear that Ghana has the law for everything. In, when it comes to like intellectual property, the law is there, but there's a massive gap between the artist on the ground and the implementation of the law. So he was talking about the beginnings of Gamro as one of several institutions that has been designed to, to solve this. Yeah. So you have Gamro, you have Copy Ghana, which is for like writers. So like bloggers, for example, should be going to Copy Ghana. And he was talking also about um, ASOG, um, which is um, for audiovisual. Okay. Yeah. And we also found out that there's no equivalent union for photographers. Doesn't exist at all. So in terms, and what the law says is it has licensed particular bodies to to come in and represent collections of artists which means right now photographers have no representation at the, at the government level at all whereas it seems like everybody else does so we were talking about kind of like how we make that work yeah okay and i mean if you know you can break it down in a like in a few seconds how how are you going to make it work well it, it was it i think it was it was really hard to hard to say um, there are some small, small efforts, but at the m so you can see that, like right now, if you listen to the radio, for example, you'll be hearing that Gamro are actually doing adverts. They're going to collect money from restaurants. Um, Kojentri took over, and it, it looks like they just had their first annual general meeting in 28 years. Oh. So we're leaving behind the Carlos Sechi days, where mm. it was just like one man running the entire show who didn't pay anything to anybody. Psh. Yeah, and now you have a government that actually seems like they're beginning to care. They've at least created a ministerial portfolio for it. Yeah. They gave a ton of money. Yeah. But me, I write, and no one at Copy Ghana has given me a shout to give me any other money. I mean, we had. Them um, titans. We had um, 
Deputy Minister of Tourism and Creative Arts, mm. Honorable Juva Gomeshi. Yeah. She was here and then she was commending the government for creating that department for yeah. Creative Arts. Yeah. Because right now, Creative Arts is basically what's making like the millennial culture yeah. and some parts of baby boomers boom. Yeah. So yeah. and and there's money. There's money. Like there's actually money in it as well. So like even the Ghanaian who is not interested in the arts crowd, but money they're they're into it. The creative industry, if you go to other countries and they quantify it, the amount of money that is being made, the Nigerian film industry, the Nigerian music industry, etc. Mm -hmm. etc. Et and so like when you come to Ghana, we have equivalent things that are making bank, but it's like we're not quantifying it, we're not regarding it. So this is the first government, it seems, who they're willing to at least start thinking about it. Okay. And so it's down to us at the ground level to, to capitalize, to, cap to find ways to capitalize on that. Yeah. Um, so when you say Gamro, I know yeah. what Gamro does. I'm sure my colleagues yeah. don't know what Gamro does. Yeah. So I think. Okay, so let me give you an example. So. Every song that comes out, um, someone is supposed to get paid, not just to put it on a CD or to perform it, but essentially any, anyone who plays that song, like every, every time your song gets played on radio, in theory, you should get paid for it. Yeah. The radio is not supposed to just play that for free. So things like Ad Cycle, that happens on... Metro TV. I mean, I wasn't even I going mean, to say the to name, but... Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, they used to pay the people. They claim... Yeah, they like... I don't know if they were paying, but then they used to actually write... Uh, they, it, it was scrolling down there, like, oh, we played this song this number yeah. of times, so this person is entitled to this much and what, what... Okay, then maybe they changed it, because the last time I spoke to anyone about this, I've spoken to Rockstone about this, I've spoken to One Love about this, etc. like... These are people who, like, they were complaining about Ad Cycle as being a travesty in terms of, like, just crapping all over artist rights. And that's just an example. I mean but what is supposed to happen... So let me give you an example that I gave in there. I was watching Fast and Furious, the, the last one that came out. And I'm in the cinema and I'm, I'm listening, and I hear a voice that I recognize, but I can't place it. Um, and it's a song that's playing uh, during one of the scenes. And then I realized, hold on, that's my brother's voice. Because my brother, he's a full-time musician. Like, yeah. he raps. And so I was like, so I give him a shout, and I'm like, yo, your song, did you know that like, you're on the Fast and Furious soundtrack? He's like, yeah, yeah. Like, so what happened was, he goes to visit his friend, a producer called Kaz James. And Kaz is like a producer on the come up and he, he drops some bars for him and the guy likes it and records it. Then the guy gets signed by David Guetta. <laughs> and so they decide to drop a track and it's going to be David Guetta presents Kaz James and mm. I think the song is called The Jump Off or something. Now they get in touch with my brother for permission. My brother's like, yo, I'm a rapper. I cannot be associated with David Guetta. So no, do not use my name on that track. Like you can use the sample, whatever, but just I don't want to be associated with this at all. That's a hip hop purist. Yeah, right yeah there. like yeah, forget <laughs> that David. Like what? I got a feel. No, I don't got a feeling. So, so then what happens is the sample that Kaz James uses is from a rock group, The Clash. Okay. 
So the Clash sue. That's going to be a lot of money. Yeah, they sue, and then the court finally decides that 50% of the proceeds from that song should go to The Clash. Yeah. 25% should go to the guy whose voice is on the track. That's your brother. That's my brother. The rest is basically shared between um, Kaz James, David Guetta, and their management companies. But 25% of this song that is on the Fast and Furious soundtrack, basically my brother makes his money from that. All foreign beggars songs that come out, they have a publishing company, and he makes bank from that. Yeah. So that's how things are supposed to be. But even with Gamro, I mean, I heard somewhere in the grapevine that, like, yo, we just um, restarted Gamro, yeah. and people are sitting on fans. Yeah. So the way it was explained on stage, me, I don't work for Gamro, but the way it was explained is, is that there is money. There, there was a one-off payment that government made based on arrears and they paid it to Gamro, to Asog, to Copy Ghana. And that money was supposed to be distributed to their members. So yeah. it's like if you're a musician and you're signed up with Gamro, essentially, or your work is signed up with them, you're supposed to get a cut. And so there was a cut that was distributed. Okay. But then the means by which they distributed it was off. Me, I first heard about this through One Love. One Love complains about this thing, and he was talking about the year Nanaburu dropped a Ahayede. Like some much older artist got a much higher cut because Penyon's opinion. No, but that's As bad. opposed to radio plays. Ahayede was like... For a whole year, the yeah. biggest song in the country. Pretty much. Yeah, it's like top 10 Ghanaian yeah. hits ever. Yeah. So, ever. So, so, so the moral of the story is money was paid, but how does it get distributed? Okay. And so yet again, it's a, a thing of kind of like the laws are there, but how, how do you, you enforce it? Yeah. So it's, it's like, like, think about it. Even right now, if you say radio stations are supposed to get licenses, and they're supposed to pay for songs. What's the mechanism, the specific mechanism? Even that needs review. Because right now, if you ask Joy FM, how many times have you played Kakai? <laughs> they probably can't they tell you. Know. But yeah. what the law says is they should be writing down every song that they play. And now we don't even need that because all of them are using Serato, Virtual DJ, etc., mm -hmm. which will tell you... The number of times you're so playing. So it, it's yeah. a case of getting each day DJ, finding their virtual DJ, and just taking the records directly. But that doesn't get done. I worked at Joy. I used to record my songs. In fact, I used to put them on Twitter so that I would go back and look at the records. Mm -hmm. But I don't know what at Joy would happen to those records. Okay. You see? And I'm not sure if every radio station... I've worked that. at like four radio stations. Now Joy are the only station that have ever asked me to actually record the songs to, to log the songs that I play. Which means, right now, Shatawale Kakai, biggest song on radio, yeah. is getting played a bunch of times and not being recorded. So how, at the end of the year, do you even calculate how much Shata should get for Kakai from do, radio stations? Do we even calculate from the nightclub plays? That's excluding, like, that's just radio. Just radio. That's just radio. <laughs> yeah. Um, me, I, I grew up on hip-hop culture. And hip-hop culture is birthed on um, rebe uh, rebellion. Mm -hmm. 
basically, I mean, yeah. those, those who don't understand it, like, more or less, hip-hop was black people being oppressed and looking for a voice yeah. to say something. So I am not, for the longest, I haven't been a fan of associations. Okay. Because I, I like, I'm very in tune with that hip-hop culture thing. Like, mm. when you do your thing and you are very good at it, yeah. they are going to come. But right now, I've grown enough to know associations are very good for whatever you do. Like, when you have a small product or a small business and you're able to join yeah. an organization, when something is coming up, they know they can trust you and then give it to you. But with all these type of, you know, I, for a lack of a better word, should I say corruption, mm. or people sitting on funds, yeah. a lot of young people are going to rather like, they're going to be very prideful about their heart. They'll be like, I'll go hungry and not yeah. join you and make you benefit of me. Yeah. So, um, what's your counter to, what's your counter to like, you know, somebody who has like the same mindset of me yeah. right now? I personally, I praise the rebel mindset, but I also think that we have an opportunity the way I see it right now in Ghana is we have an opportunity. Maybe it's because me, I've, I've, I'm only just getting involved in the creative scene in Ghana. So it's, I've, I've just been observing it for the past, let's say, 10 years. Pet. And we have predecessors who have been doing this from time, maybe. But in my mind, we are in a very specific time period where in the world, the term creative industry has come to exist. It didn't exist before. So yeah. people are starting to look at the creative arts not just as some soft, airy-fairy philosophical subject or something. It's become concrete now. One, we live in the internet age. Two, three, there is something happening in Accra right now with regards to creativity. There's something, it's very hard to put your finger on it, but you can see it in the existence of the Accra We Days, the Accra.alts, et cetera, et cetera. Something is happening. And at the same time, for the first time, there's a ministry that has a portfolio to actually look at this stuff. So we could either just let it be, or we can try and force them to make it work. This is where I put my professor hat on, and I go, the thing about government is, if you think that the process of running a country is every four years, you go and vote for somebody, and then you just sit there and wait for manna to fall from the sky, that's not how it works. No. You need civil disobedience. You need kind of protest. You need, like, all of these forms of rebellion mm -hmm. need to be channeled towards actual visible rebellion in order for government to sit up and say, we have to do something. Look at the electricity crisis, for example. People might knock Yvonne Nelson, but when you think about it, government actually came along thereafter and solved Dumso more or less. Yeah. And this is something that, it wasn't even some new solution. The solution has been there. <laughs> Demonstration. But they knew. <laughs> and the government is so shook about the electricity issue right now that they're even afraid to tell us right now what that Dumso is. is back. Yeah, they're, they're trying to find other. It's, it's, it's load shedding. Oh, is this? Is that? You know. It's, so it's, it's like it's we have fault. an opportunity now <laughs> to basically not take shit. Yeah. And and so I think it's it's something that we should harness. 
Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, I see you are being called and everything. Yes. So, so um, we have you. You're going to come on the podcast. Me, so Charlie, when you guys call me, I'll come. We will call you. So yeah. you let's just <laughs> give this to the people as a teaser. Mm. Yeah. So this definitely. Is, yeah. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you, Charlie. And you guys keep it up, Charlie, because Accra we day. It's it's yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you.